Hi, this is Kane Hodder, better known as Jason, from Friday the 13th. You are listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Um, I'd like you to listen to it, and uh, also, if you uh, happen to review me poorly or any of my films, well, I, I will kill you. We're zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist. It's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank everyone who's been listening. We really appreciate all the love we've been getting. And we're really excited. We got another awesome guest interview tonight. The one and only Kane Hodder. From the well-known roles such as Jason Voorhees and Victor Crowley to being an author of Unmasked, which was adapted into To Hell and Back, the Kane Hodder story. To say Kane Hodder is a horror legend is an understatement, and we are blessed beyond belief to have him join us here today. Kane, welcome. And you may not remember... I'm sure you do a ton of these, but we actually got you to do a little intro for us through Cameo, and you told us if we ever reviewed you or your movies poorly, you'd kill every one of us. So just so you and know, no worries fans, here. By the way. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> that's How are you doing today? How are you, you doing imagine, today, Kane? Um, if, can you imagine what my career would have been like if people would have done in exactly what your podcast is uh, titled don't go out there can you imagine if everyone had actually done that i would never have (laughs) killed anyone that's right (laughs) well no that's not true because i come in where they are too so but it would have minimized my effectiveness i think absolutely your kill count would have been a lot lower no doubt Uh, you've had a brilliant career from stunt work to, you know, to, you know, playing killers like Jason Voorhees and, and others. But I wanted to touch on your documentary you released back in uh, 2018, The Hell and Back, The Kane Hodder Story. Can you talk a little bit about how that, how that came to be? Well, I mean, you know, Derek Herbert approached me and said he enjoyed, you know, uh, the book Unmasked that was basically my life story in – a book form and he thought he could do a really interesting version of my life with, you know, more than just uh, words. And, you know, I, I had been approached by other people before about doing so, but for some reason I got a really good vibe from Derek and um, we talked and I knew if I was going to do this, this was the guy to do it. And I was very pleased with the final product. And uh, I think, you know, it's not the typical uh, story, certainly, because there's a lot of difficult subject matter. But, um, you know, people that have been through things in their own lives kind of identified with that and could appreciate that, you know, someone that they watch in films has gone through some shit themselves and uh, can, can appreciate what other people are going through. 
certain problems. So I think that was the big, uh, big response I got. And uh, I was just very happy with the, the product that Derek came out with. Okay. So we actually just had Robert England on our show last week. And, uh, you know, we know that oh, you guys have. That. <laughs> <laughs> so we know you guys have worked now, together. Me, wait, wait. Before, yeah. before you go on, <laughs> yeah. let, me, let me guess how many words the two of you were able to say. No, during no. That <laughs> because I've known Robert for a long time, and man. He is an easy interview because he'll just keep talking and, you know, not, <laughs> and that's not necessarily bad, but right. Right. he will right. just go off on, on different subjects and talk <laughs> forever. And it makes it easy for, for you guys, but he's just a really good friend and we've known each other forever. So that's why I can kid with him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and like you mentioned, you've known each other forever. I mean, you guys have been on multiple projects together from uh, the science fiction show V to one of the latest Hatchet installments, which, if I'm not mistaken, Tony Todd's even in. Uh, can you talk to us about a little bit about what it is working with him when you two have such rich histories in the horror genre? With Robert or Tony or any one of them, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, Robert, you know, but yeah, Tony too. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Robert and I have, you know, I'm going to just take a look at something real quick uh, while I'm talking. I want to see how many projects that Robert and I have done together, actually. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, we really um, do well when we work together because we know each other very well. He, he, I, I, I put it like the same way as working with Bill Mosley. Robert is such a good actor that he will ad lib something just like Mosley does in a scene that was never written. He'll talk about something. And then if you're secure enough in your character, you can go with that. And I love doing scenes like that because that's certainly not going to come off as rehearsed if you guys mm -hmm. didn't even know what you were going to do. Right. And, right. You know, that's, and I, I just think uh, Robert and, and people like Mosley and uh, other actors are just such a pleasure to work with because, you know, you have to remember these, these guys are trained actors. I was never trained in acting. Right. Right. In any way. If I, you know, I was a stuntman for the first 25 years of my career never even really delivered dialogue on film. So uh, I guess if I have any ability to act, it's because I watched quality actors work on the set for so many years doing stunts that, you know, I kind of picked up my own way of doing things. So, yeah. Yeah, well, you, know, you, you mentioned you and Robert had done uh, a lot of projects together, and, you know, we all know that you should have been in at least one more movie together, but we won't get in that too much. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it unless you want me to really find out where you guys are. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I kid about it, but, you know, it was a really tough time in my career where I put in my heart and soul into a character for four right. consecutive films. Right. And then I am told I'm doing the movie, Freddy versus Jason. 
I was given the script. So when you're told by an executive that you're doing the movie and here's the script, you pretty much think it's a done deal, even though you haven't signed a contract yet. Right. And then uh, I was just uh, replaced and never, nobody ever bothered to give me a call and say, hey, we're going to go a different way, even though I wouldn't have agreed with it. That would have been a courteous thing to do, but I didn't even right. get that. So, right. you know, it's a pretty, pretty bad point in my career. So, Mr. Hodder, speaking of Jason, uh, your most famous character, obviously, can you talk uh, um, about your involvement in the latest uh, Hearts of Darkness, Jason Goes to Hell documentary? Um, you know, we had Adam Marcus on the show, and obviously he spoke very highly of you, but was very excited about this upcoming documentary. Yeah, I, I you know, there's been other ones done that are similar, but um, Adam, knowing how he works and the quality of his work, this should be a really amazing project. I mean, he's really going deep into talking to so many people that were involved with the franchise and, you know, still are. I, I mean, you know, I would love to play the character one more time. Uh, I could still be a violent motherfucker. And uh, <laughs> the, this, if they did one more film, it would be the 13th one. What a what a great opportunity that yes. would be <laughs> to do one last film, the thirteenth Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. You know, so I you know, I, I don't expect that they'll ask me to, but I certainly would do it. Agree. Hey, I, that's my hey, you got my vote. Like if they're gonna do it, let's do this thing right. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> um yeah. yeah. So I know at least two of our hosts have done some pretty, you know, in depth, you know, play you know, a gameplay with the Friday the Thirteenth video game. Can you talk about that experience uh-huh. and and how it and how it was different from any movie and other stunt work that you'd done? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, I was honored when Gun Media came to me and and they were uh, absolutely convinced that I should be the one to do the motion capture for Jason in the video game. And I I just felt honored uh, and very happy that they wanted me to. Uh, we, from the first motion capture session to the last that I did, it was a year and 10 months. That's how long it took to do all the, the rendering of all the content. Wow. Um, for the wow. Game. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't constant, but it was a session here, another one a few weeks later, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it was unusual because when you play a character like Jason in a film, you look scary as hell on the set. Right. And right. It, it's pretty easy to be intimidating. Now, when you do motion capture, uh, you are wearing spandex <laughs> with a lot of sensors everywhere. So you don't look scary. Or maybe right. I do. I, maybe that's even worse. I don't know. But uh, so you have to keep in mind that the character you're playing and just even though you look different, you have to just do the same actions that you're used to doing. And uh, the, the thing that I didn't realize would be possible was and I've talked about it before, but was that even though I'm standing on a motion capture stage, which is a grid work on the floor and like 75 cameras 
capturing every move you make from every possible angle. And I didn't realize that I could look at a, at a monitor off the side of the uh, stage, the motion right. capture stage, and I could look at myself and I'm already animated. Wow. Mm, that's cool. I'm standing on the stage in spandex, I could look at a monitor and see me live already oh, wow. looking like Jason. Wow. So I thought that was an amazing thing. Maybe it's a standard uh, procedure in doing video games, but I didn't know it was possible. Right. So that was yeah. very cool to see how I would look doing this action, you know, as the character. And uh, I brought in some people to be the victims, of course. In fact, uh, the every single male victim in the video game is the same stunt guy named Ryan Stats. He is he is every single male victim wow. uh, in the game. And, and there were two different stunt girls I used for all the female victims. But yeah, that's kind of a cool thing for him to. Absolutely. Yeah, that's me, even though it looks like somebody else. And, you know, <laughs> and uh, it was it was kind of different in that when you do a stunt type scene on a film, you have to make it look good from one particular angle or maybe two if there's two cameras simultaneously filming. You just have to make this action look good from their POV. Right. But when you're doing motion capture, you have to make the action look good from every possible angle at the same time. So it's a you got to get into a little different mindset. If you're, you know, smashing somebody in the face with something, easy to do when you position yourself correctly for a camera. But on a video game, you have to change it a little bit. So no matter what camera is looking at you, it's still going to look like a hit. You know what I mean? So, um, but you know, it was a lot of fun. Every time they would call and say, Hey, we're doing another session where we'd do a few days of motion capture. It, I'd be very excited. And then when the final product came out, I was very, very happy. Just, uh, I was honored to be, uh, asked to be a part of it. Awesome. Oh yeah. It's a fun game. It's kind of frustrating though. Cause we have to get to play <laughs> the role of Jason. You have to hit him so many times to kill the people, but <laughs> yeah, I know. Man. Right, it, right. It, it, yeah, it's very difficult, but it is a lot of fun. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, you Kane. don't want it too easy to master. You know, right? No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Kane, we recently had your friend and fellow Jason actor C.J. Graham on the show. How did, if any, did his portrayal of the first zombie Jason influence you when you took over the role in Part Seven? Well, I, I wouldn't say that his performance influenced me because I just had my own ideas about stuff. Right. But his performance, uh, other than, you know, the films I did, his performance was my favorite. Out of all the other guys that have played Jason, I think he did the best job. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I think... Honestly, without John Beekler being in my corner, I think CJ would have played the part again in part seven. But John Beekler was insistent. He was directing part seven. So he was insistent on me playing the character because we worked together well. And the thing that I had on my side was that 
in part seven out of all the movies still the most stunts that jason ever had to do was in part seven because if you think about it most of the time the stunts are being uh performed by the people that jason is killing right but right because tina had powers to make things happen to jason there were the most stunts that jason's ever had to do so the fact that CJ's not really a stunt guy, he's a good physical actor, but he couldn't have done the fire stunt and, and right. you know, other things like that. So that helped my cause. But, you know, if it hadn't been for those things, I think CJ probably would have done it again. And, you know, he's definitely my best buddy within the other Jason actors. We get along great. and We always look forward to seeing each other at conventions. So, um, yeah. Hey, Kane, I just want to ask you one more quick question about part seven. Can you just tell us a little bit about the makeup and how extensive it was? Because it was a great look in that movie. I, I agree. I think that great was look. one of the best makeups that we've ever had for underneath the hockey mask. And you have to remember that for, you know, more than three quarters of the movie, the hockey mask never came off. Hmm. But I still had to go through the makeup process every day because John Beekler wanted it to be consistent. And I, I agreed with him after I saw the movie. If you tried to do a version of the makeup but no face or something, something wouldn't have looked the same. Right. Because part of the hockey mask was missing so you could see my teeth. And if you were going to see my teeth, you had to see them moving. So I had to do the makeup every day for two months. And uh, it was three and a half hours to put that shit on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every single day, because every part of it was glued on my face. And it took almost an hour and a half to take it off. So you got three and a half hours wow. putting it on, hour and a half taking it off. That's five hours out of your day, and you haven't even worked in that time. Right. You know, so it, it was exhausting, but I was so happy to be doing it that, um, you know, it was just a pleasure. And, and I couldn't really see out of one eye because, you know, they made it look like one eye was missing. Right. So in the makeup, I only had one eye and then I had a, a contact lens on that one eye that I could see out of. So I had one eye of vision and that was pretty much screwed up because of a cloudy contact lens mm. and then i had to do all these stunts with that kind of vision so you know oh. it, there's a lot more that went into that a lot more challenges that went into playing the character than you would have thought right absolutely uh so so you're in another movie called room nine with <laughs> and i you know, there's a reason I'm asking this, I promise. You're in a, you're in a okay. movie, uh, Room 9, with one of my personal favorites, uh, Scout Taylor Compton. Can you tell us a little bit about that movie and what your role in that movie was? Yeah, I mean, oddly enough, in that movie, uh, I play bad guy. Isn't that odd? <laughs> no, no. no, no, absolutely not. And it, it's, it's a bad guy that's violent, so... <laughs> Uh, once again, standard procedure for me, right, uh, yeah. but Scout is a good friend and we see each other at, at conventions and um, 
stuff, but you know, it, unfortunately, I didn't really have any scenes with her that much. Right. Uh, I w- it would have been nice if I had just for you know, um, just for to have more fun. But uh, you know, I haven't really seen the movie yet, but hopefully, it comes out uh, pretty good anyway. And right. uh, you know, it was uh, I just anytime I can work with somebody like Scout. I welcome the opportunity because she is so good at what she does. And um, I just uh, just had a good time whenever we did do anything together. Yeah. So, you know, your legacy is obviously very tightly woven with Jason Voorhees and more recently, Victor Crawley. And uh, you, you've amassed a very large following in the horror community. What is it about the horror genre that attracts you to it? Um, well, I've always enjoyed horror movies, even before I started doing them. I just, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm a true crime fan. Uh, so I've, I've read all the, uh, accounts of all the real serial killers that are well known and stuff. So I've been fascinated by that kind of, that, that, you know, the kind of personality where somebody could do those kind of things so often and so easily, it seems like it just fascinates me. So, um, and you know, anybody likes to be, well, maybe not anybody, but a lot of people like to be scared when they are in the safety of a movie theater or something, you know, you welcome the, the scare scares and the jump scares and everything when you know you're safe. Uh, you know, when it's real life stuff, maybe not so much, but, uh, I think people love to be scared and, uh, I'm happy to be scaring the fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) So talking about your legacy being so tightly woven with Jason Voorhees, I mean, when we had Adam Marcus on the show, you know, he said it was a no brainer that you, of course, Kane, where it's going to be Jason, uh, you know, in his movie. So, I mean, you are Jason in most people's eyes. Was there was there a time when you really started feeling like, okay, I'm actually known for this character now. It's mine. I don't need to be directed on him anymore. Um, Was there a time that that kind of really started kicking in that you can remember? Well, I wouldn't say that that kicked in so much. I I would say that I felt like I knew the character better than anyone else, considering I did four consecutive films. Right. But. I I also wasn't such uh, an asshole about it that I wouldn't listen to a director or a writer's ideas about what should happen in a particular scene or something like that. I may not agree with it and may try to change it or something, but certainly it doesn't hurt to listen to ideas. Even if you think you know the character the most, uh, why not just listen to somebody right. because they may make you think of something. Oh, interesting. Okay. Then I kind of agree with that. And you know, the, the whole famous thing about the scene in Jason takes Manhattan where scripted that Jason encounters a dog and, and kicks the dog. Uh, I said, I, I don't think we should do that. And, it's not because I'm an animal lover. I mean, I am, but not just because of that. I just felt like 
Jason wouldn't do something like that. I think he would identify with an animal more so than, you know, kicking one. Right. And so once I brought up that point, Bob Bedden, the director, said, yeah, you know what? Right. So we don't do that. And, um, you know, so I did have certain ideas about the character, but I'd always listen. Okay. So, you know, speaking of that, Fanboy 13 has also been gaining some steam, you know, in the horror chat rooms. And if they're even called chat rooms anymore, I mean, Facebook groups, I guess. But uh, can, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, you know, there are a lot of horror alumni in that film. Can you elaborate, you know, some on it for people that may not know a whole lot about that project? Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure if it's Fanboy 13 or 13 Fanboy, but um, I've heard it both ways. Okay. But yeah, it was uh, it was amazing the amount of alumni from the Friday movies that they were able to get in that movie. And, you know, because of what it is, uh, I play myself in the movie as the guy that has played Jason in the films. So it's just me and, you know, encountering a guy that's obsessed with Jason and thinks he's really Jason. So it's kind of a cool storyline and and i i did uh i did a fight scene with the guy that's jason and uh i don't survive it and in my dying scene and you know i don't know if you guys know this already but uh in my scene where i'm appearing to be dying uh i am in the arms of an actress named jennifer banco and Jennifer Banco played young Tina in part seven. Oh, wow. Dang. And when she was just a kid. Wow. And now, obviously, she's an adult. And my scene, my my appearing to die, dying scene is in the arms of her. And we're talking. And I asked the, the director, Deborah Voorhees, and that is her real name. <laughs> uh, I asked her if I could ad lib a little bit because I wanted to do a real emotional scene as I'm dying. So, uh, I asked her if I could ad lib some stuff and I talked about my dad because I lost my dad, uh, before I ever became successful in this business. And it always really bothered me because he was concerned that, and I might not be able to make it in this business because it's so difficult, especially stunts, yeah. because right. there's no auditioning for stunts. You can't suddenly make it big as a stunt person like you can as an actor. Right. You know, it's a long shot, but there's always that chance that the right person sees that audition and you become, you know, working actor. But with stunts, it, it's a paying your dues type of thing takes forever to really make a living and my dad didn't live long enough to see that which always really bothered me so i talked about that stuff in my scene while i'm laying there with jennifer and it was really emotional and so you know i don't know if that particular take will be used but um i was just happy that deborah let me do that just for my own you know (laughs) uh, right (laughs) <laughs> enjoyment or purposes so 
I'm looking forward to seeing the movie, though. All right, Kane, I got a little bit of a fun question for you. I hope you're ready for it. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> All right. So you frequent tons of horror conventions. Is there anything that stands out to you as the oddest thing you maybe have ever seen or been asked to do at them? Because <laughs> you know us horror fans, we can be a little extreme at some points. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the first thing that popped into my mind was the guy that uh, said, hey, I'd like you to punch me in the face. What? And, <laughs> what the I hell? Thought, and I thought, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Sure you do. And he said, no, I really would like you to. I would love to be able to say that uh, I got punched in the face by Kane Hodder. And I said, you're shitting me, right? You're just joking around. <laughs> and he was not kidding. Oh, wow. And uh, I can't go on record right now saying if I did it or not, but uh, his <laughs> nose looks different. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Incredible. That's All right, awesome. Kane. Well, uh, what other projects are on the horizon for for Kane Hodder for that fans to keep an eye out for? Oh boy, I did a couple of uh, fun movies last year. One called Knife Corp, where uh, it's like the tagline. It's it's about kids that sell knife sets door to door, and okay. which you know, like there's a company called Cutco, I think. Yes. that used to right. do that or maybe still does where people sell knife sets door to door. And, and the tagline of the movie is uh, 10,000 doors in the city. They had to knock on his. <laughs> and I can, I can let you guess who his is referring to, but right. <laughs> you know, I do, I do kidnap somebody, but it's for a reason that is almost understandable. It's not, condoning it and certainly doesn't mean it should ever happen but as a viewer i'm hoping you think mm, you know what i i kind of understand how a person could get to that point given the circumstances that happened to them so uh i'm excited about that one and then uh did a little uh movie called murder all where i uh i am endorsing a product called murder all uh because it it helps me can can uh, keep my violent impulses under control as long as I take murder off. So <laughs> that was kind of a fun one too. So That's awesome. and we'll see what happens this year. See if you know we're able to get back to to work because there's a couple good projects that I'm supposed to do, but you know we'll just see what happens with the with the whole situation, but. Keep my fingers crossed. Oh, yes, sir. Kane, before we let you go, I got to ask you one thing because I don't think I'll ever get the chance to ask you again. Um, all be of careful. us here are really be big fans. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be careful. I'm going to be careful. Uh, all of us here, we're all big fans of Jason Takes Manhattan. Can you just tell us about that iconic scene when you're in Manhattan and you give that look? That's one of my favorite visuals of the whole franchise. Just you in Times Square, just giving us that look. I really love that scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we shot the movie for two months. And every day of it was shot in Vancouver, Canada. Except for the last day of shooting, we did go to New York to do the Times Square thing, which 
Uh, I've done, I think, 175 films. I've been doing this for 43 years. And that'll always be the single most amazing uh, day of shooting I've ever had. Because we were, I don't think this could ever happen again. But this was 1989. And we were in the middle of Times Square. And on a, I, I believe it was a Friday night shooting and hundreds of people watching because NYPD was there holding people on all streets so that nobody walked out into Times Square when I was out in the middle. And wow. it was the most incredible feeling to, when the cameras weren't rolling, all I had to do was look in a certain direction of people and they would go ape shit, scream and know that I was looking at them because I had everything on, the hockey mask. I never took the hockey mask off the whole night because I didn't want to ruin the image for people that were watching. Right. Uh, so I'll never again experience something like that. And But I'm just glad I was able to do it at that time because it'll always be the the best memory I've ever had on a set. Awesome. All right, Kane. Uh, is there anything else you like to plug? Oh, you can. We, you know, we can find you on Cameo for sure. And there's merchandise always yeah. available at KaneHotterKills.com. Is there anything else you'd like to give a shout out to, brother? Well, I mean, I, I finally decided to actively increase my social media. Um, so I've been back on Twitter and tweeting more than once every six months. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so <laughs> people take a look at that. There's now a, you can go to canehotter.com and get a whole new uh, merch page there that I, uh, that I set up because I did this virtual convention called DEFCON uh, with George Romero. And uh, we set up a merch page that people have always wanted me to do. So, you can get the uh, autographed photos and stuff personalized through that. And, uh, you know, just watch, uh, watch Twitter. I think it'll be, uh, you'll find some interesting things. Oh yeah. It's funny. You mentioned Twitter. Cause that's how all four of us met actually on Twitter. Yeah, Cause we're all Florida state football fans. Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I appreciate you guys asking me to be on the show and I hope everything goes well for you. Thank, thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Kane, I just wanted to say Thanks, real quick. Guys. Watch um, your back, by the way. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Hey, we really appreciate everything you've done for the horde, the genre, the community. Absolutely. And we really appreciate your portrayal of Jason. You did a very, very great job. And it's I'm rewatching part seven and eight tonight just in honor of this. And it's really cool that oh, our man. very first intro we got for our show, when we finally get to interview the man himself, it's awesome. Thank you, Kane, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks again, guys. Good luck. Thank you. Yes, sir. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.